Good morning to you, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice, Daily In-Depth News, conversation and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser, and around here, we wish all of our uh, listeners and, of course, Matt Neely making the magic happen on the other side of the glass a happy Wednesday Eve. It is Tuesday here in the Old Pueblo, and a hot one, Matt, 99 degrees by 9 a.m. There's a ring to it. It just doesn't feel great. Good morning. <laughs> That's where we're at. I think it's 80. I don't think it's quite 99 yet, but it'll be close. I think it was 88 when I checked. It's a VCR day, too, Zach. VCR? So, yeah, you know what those are? <laughs> I do. It just kind of caught me off guard. And, and chocolate ice cream day. So, uh, you know, okay. I think today might be a good day for chocolate ice cream, being yeah. it's going to be 104 out. <laughs> very true, very true. Oh, man. Well, a good good full show today. Today is the day when the uh, city council for the city of Tucson and Pima County meet um, and there's lots to talk about today. Let me back my way into the show, and we'll jump right in. Uh, we have Supervisor Steve Christie, by the way, on the show tomorrow, Wednesday. So we'll leave our Pima County conversations uh, to, uh, to tomorrow. I'll share with you a couple of things on the City of Tucson agenda uh, that I think are interesting, one of which is uh, the more I dug into how we are 200 lifeguards short, shutting half of our public pools down in Tucson, the more frustrated I got. I didn't start my research frustrated. I ended it um, a little bit frustrated. So I'll, I'll share. This This might be a Zach therapy session in the second half. Uh, but I want to jump right into our top of the hour conversation. Uh, we have Joe Urseg with us. He's a candidate for Oro Valley Town Council. We're going to go up to Oro Valley uh, this morning on this regional Greater Tucson drive time talk show, talk about some of the issues up there, and uh, meet Joe. Joe, good morning to you. Thanks for being with us. Thanks very much. Great to be with you. Uh, so I, um, uh, I think you and I actually have a few things in common. We were, <laughs> we were, che- we were, we were checking off. Uh, we were checking off the list. We run into each other. Uh, um, we run into each other uh, throughout the years. And uh, as we've researched each other, I think, uh, ahead of today, uh, we actually have quite a bit in common. Yeah, you know, today the operative number is five, and I'll, okay. I'll address how five applies to my seek for, uh, my search for a position uh, as a servant leader. But uh, yes, you and I have five things in common. Okay. Um, first of all, uh, you're very instrumental, you were very instrumental and continue to be active in the Tucson Young Professionals Organization. Yeah. Outstanding group. And way back in 1986, Zach, were you even with us in 1986? I'll plead the fifth on that one, <laughs> Joe. Well, I was, uh, I, I was instrumental in starting a group called the Yacht Club of Tucson, and that okay. was an acronym that stood for Young Arizonans Charting a Healthier Tomorrow, and it was the nonprofit support group for Carondelet St. Joseph's Hospital and okay. O'Reilly Care Center. And uh, the, the way back then, the Centurions were very supportive of, of Carondelet St. Mary's and their burn center, and we decided to have a younger co-ed version of that support St. Joseph's Hospital. And cool. second thing, of course, is you and I are both um, 
fellows um, mm-hmm. in a different sense of the word, uh, the Flynn Brown Civic Leadership Academy. And I think my graduating uh, uh, fellowship uh, took place in seven years ago, and you were uh, more recent than that, I believe. Yeah, last year, yeah. And then radio careers. Um, okay. I was over at uh, the Journal Broadcast Group for almost 20 years, um, from Very 1990 cool. to 2010. and. Um, loved that, although you were in, uh, behind the microphone, you are behind the microphone, and I was selling air. I was responsible for the advertising there. And uh, the other thing that, uh, two other things that we're both uh, very passionate about, number one is we both are very opposed to brain drain. And that's a phenomenon where communities such as ours lose our best and brightest because they uh, the young people graduating from high school and college take off from this community uh, because there's not enough things to do and not enough uh, uh, jobs uh, to yeah. pursue. So uh, that effort that uh, U of A and other uh, Pima Community College and others are very active in thwarting is very important. And finally, uh, I mentioned earlier servant leadership. It's important for those who are seeking and then who attain public office to make sure that we are constantly serving our our constituents which are the voters are the residents of the community and uh, i'm i'm a real strong proponent of servant leadership and making sure uh, first of all that i'm responsible to our god and second of all that we're very uh, very responsible for the people that we're representing in our in our uh, communities so that's what we have in common and and um, i uh, respect you for that no, I appreciate you, Joe. And we, we checked in this morning right ahead of the interview, and you said, hey, by the way, we have five things in common. So I, I, I had to ask because uh, you, you, you left me hanging there. But uh, I appreciate I appreciate you coming on, Joe. Uh, we, uh, re- before we go to our first break, and we've got two segments with you to dive into the issues, mm-hmm. uh, and I think you kind of started speaking to it, but why run for the Oro Valley Town Council um, and and why now? Why? What, what was that? I ask all candidates this, this, Joe. What was your tipping point moment where you got up in the morning one morning and said, "You know what? I got to be in it. I, I, I got to be on that council." Uh, wh- why are you jumping in now? You know, frankly, Zach, I made the decision to run uh, a few decades ago, but um, the time to serve was not right. Um, many people run for different reasons. Some people run because um, they feel that. Uh, they're upset about a particular issue, and by golly, they're going to change it by serving in, in elected office. Some other people decide, hey, um, um, I want to, uh, I, I'm encouraged by family and friends. They say, hey, I, this is a natural progression for me. This is a natural position. It's time for me to serve in that regard. Well, uh, for a long time, I, I wanted to serve in a civic leadership position, but it just wasn't the right time. Now I am semi-retired. Uh, I can devote time uh, and attention uh, not to raising a family, which I did up in Oro Valley. My my children both uh, uh, went to school uh, at uh, Copper Creek Elementary and then moved on to there to Push Ridge and graduated from Push Ridge uh, Christian Academy. My son went on to graduate from Eller uh, MIS, and my daughter went on to uh, w- uh, work in a media and theater uh, production uh, major over at Pepperdine University. Um, so it's it. I felt it was time since the kids were gone pursuing their own way, their own direction, that it was time for me to serve. And I felt that what was happening in Oral Valley could certainly use people who had the kind of background in economic development, uh, who were committed to uh, public safety 
and who knew the importance of strategic annexation and um, um, being transparent. So many uh, examples of that have taken place against transparency from the present group of people that that I felt it was time to to be a very transparent leader and again a servant leader in Oro Valley. So there were very uh, mm-hmm. there, it was time it, it was it was time for me to uh, serve and. Uh, after a long and successful career in, in uh, uh, organization management and, and media, um, it, and again, given the fact that I'm semi-retired, it's uh, it's time for me to apply the skills and talents that I've been gifted uh, to serve my community, and, and it's time now. I, I was going to ask you, Joe, what uh, what some of the, 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 the pieces of your platform were. And uh, I heard economic development, public safety, transparency. I'd also like to talk with you about housing. But you set us up, Joe, for really uh, a, a deep dive into some of these themes in our second segment. We've got you for the first half of the show. We're with Joe Urseg. He's running for Oro Valley Town Council. We'll talk about the issues and what he sees in Oro Valley and what he wants to see in Oro Valley on our way back in. We're just getting started here. You're listening to Tipping Point. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. We'll be back with Joe in just a minute. Trusted local news and talk all day, every day. 1030 The Voice. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is proud to present Brad Kalhammer, 1159 to Tucson, a solo exhibition of works by Tucson-born, Mason, New York-based Brad Kalhammer, who creates highly personal narratives that are autobiographical reflections on three realms of his life, his indigenous heritage, his middle American upbringing in a white adoptive family, and his work as an artist and musician. To learn more and to get your tickets, go to TucsonMuseumOfArt.org. School's out and summer's here. And now's the best time to come out in the evenings and catch Tucson's professional soccer team, FC Tucson, in action. We're back home June 11th for Forever Pride. Fireworks and a salute to the troops on July 3rd. Celebrating Tucson's birthday on August 20th. And don't miss our defending WPSL Desert Conference champions in action. The FC Tucson women have home games June 3rd, June 19th, June 24th, and July 1st. Tickets start at just $10. Get yours now at fctucson.com. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open-air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. Zach Yenser here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. 
1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the 70-plus startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges that houses the university's commercialization hub with several other projects coming out of the ground, they are integral in shaping the future of southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Zach Yenzo here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? Hi, this is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona, where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520-621-0906, or visit us at extension.arizona.edu. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for the Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. You're listening live to this uh, Wednesday Eve, Tuesday edition of Tipping Point with Zach Cancer on AM 1030 KVY, The Voice. Joe Urseg is our guest. He's running for Oro Valley Town Council. Uh, Joe, I want to pick up where we left off. You know, I, you know, I sit and do the show uh, in the city of Tucson limits, and as I look up north to Oro Valley, uh, I see a community that has a growing biosciences and technology and innovation sector, yes. uh, a community that uh, prioritizes public safety probably more intentionally than almost any other jurisdiction in, in the greater Tucson metro. Uh, it's a place that, uh, for, for most of the time, I lived in greater Tucson, uh, seems to prioritize family and public spaces. I know young people want to live there. So I look up at Oro Valley, Joe, and I say there seems to be a lot going on. Um, what, what uh, and this is a real question, Joe. I don't live in Oro Valley. What, what's missing? Why? What are some of those issues that you uh, see that Oro Valley isn't doing well enough or doing enough of that you want to be a part of working on? Things seem to be going decently. Well, I don't know, Zach. You mentioned all the things you mentioned are all the the great reasons for people to live in Oro Valley, and uh, the population is increasing. And I think you hit most of the key points right there in what you just shared. We we have so much great things uh, to uh, look forward to in Oro Valley uh, now and in the future, one of which is uh, plenty of open spaces. It's clean. Uh, one thing that uh, we are constantly at the top of is public safety, where surveys that are done and uh, facts that, that show that uh, Oro Valley is an extremely safe community and we have so much to be proud of and thankful for for the people who live up there but we can still do better for example there was a 
a formula set up uh, by Chief Danny Sharp to determine the number of officers that we need. And that formula dictated that uh, with every 1,000 residents, we needed 2.5 uh, officers, which means that right now uh, we are not unlike many communities in the country because of what's been happening with respect to um, disrespecting law enforcement and um, is that we're, we're actually down officers right now, and we need to be actively recruiting more officers. And again, uh, Chief Danny Sharp, who's running for mayor, he was uh, the chief of police for 18 years in Oro Valley, and he's running for mayor, and I strongly support people uh, getting behind Danny in his bid to do so because we are, can't are, find a better man to do so. Are you, uh, just a quick question, are you on a slate together, or we are not. work? No, okay. We are not. We are all uh, running indiv- individual Got campaigns. Okay. Uh, Bill Rodman, who's running for town council as well. Uh, Char- Charlie Hurt is running, and, uh, and I, and then uh, Danny Sharp. And we support each other. Uh, we're uh, competing against the incumbents. And, uh, by the way, on October, tw- excuse me, June 28th, over at the Oral Valley Church of the Nazarene, the Oral Valley Chamber is going to be conducting a forum in which all eight candidates will be there, and we certainly encourage people to come join us for that. But Oral Valley has, as you mentioned, Zach, many very positive things, but we can do better. People in Oral Valley deserve better. We can be safer uh, by, as I had mentioned, hiring more officers. I believe that we could uh, grow more uh, and more wisely by uh, strategically annexing our community. Uh, There are opportunities north of the town and west of the town that uh, we need to uh, pursue. Some eight, or excuse me, 13,000 adult workers live in Oral Valley and they drive to another community for work. Mm. Um, By continuing to annex commercially, you know, viable nearby properties, this will help ensure that our residents enjoy a wide range of uh, uh, employment opportunities and services and amenities, such as housing and shopping and dining. And one other really strong asset that we have to look forward to, if we can get uh, some compromises made and decisions made in the best interest of our community, is the Oral Valley Marketplace. It's extremely important uh, that this center, which has suffered much like many shopping centers have in the country. A lot of people are shopping online, and uh, there is not exactly a super strong population base there at the corner of Tangerine and Oracle Road. Well, there's a developer who has taken over that property and has developed this awesome set of plans to include a community and entertainment center in the midst of it, uh, new hotels, new uh, high-end apartment complexes, uh, providing more attainable housing for people who work in the innovation park that you had mentioned. And uh, we need to find a way to be able to make that happen. Right now, there are some issues with the height of one of the hotels and a setback uh, that I I believe uh, can be overcome. We need to make sure that we make this a uh, beautiful uh, set of plans happen. It's very important to our community. We don't have a town center. I can foresee with the development that has been uh, that's on the drawing board that that's, this could serve as our community center. Joe, I wanted to ask you really quick um, uh, about that, and that is I view um, the issue of housing in Oro Valley as an economic development question. I think you create a great town, people are going to want to live there. Um, that requires developing more housing. And I think there's 
from what I see, there's been this tension in Oro Valley between kind of older and newer residents. Do we build more housing? Is it more multifamily? Do we want more apartments? Um, you know, where would a council member, Joe Ursig, fall on that question of, of housing development in Oro Valley? The number one thing sack that I bring to the table is economic development uh, expertise and experience. I was uh, formerly the head of the Arizona Small Business Association here in Southern Arizona and went from there when the office was closed. Uh, we we uh, uh, went down to Green Valley Sarita and I headed up the Chamber of Commerce. There I launched a business retention and expansion program and the elements of that program are continue to build in Green Valley and Sarita and I believe that we need a very aggressive uh, economic development plan uh, in Oro Valley. We've recently succeeded uh, after a number of years. I guess the process actually took place before the present council people took office. Uh, we attracted Leonardo Electronics, and that's mm-hmm. going to be a major uh, yeah. uh, economic boon. Um, we, we absolutely have to continue to grow by way of strong uh, uh, technology jobs and jobs, and we need, you're right, Zach, we need places for attainable housing for people to live. The uh, UVA Medical, uh, Veterinary Medical College is located in the tech uh, park, mm-hmm. and a number of their students are skipping Oral Valley and living elsewhere because mm-hmm. they can't afford a place to live. And there's a great amount of retail dollars and restaurant dollars that's that we right. could realize if they had that's a right. good place to live. So that's why this, again, the Oro Valley Marketplace would be an ideal uh, solution to that challenge, which would be to uh, pr- uh, produce hotels and that would produce uh, potential customers for the retailers in that area. I know that uh, Sam Levitt's... Uh, uh, opened up Ashley Furniture, and he had expressed interest in a high-end furniture store. I know Grant Kruger, who runs three successful restaurants inside St. Phillips Plaza, he spoke to our Planning and Zoning Committee and said that he would love to have a restaurant uh, if the Oral Valley Marketplace was developed as it is on the drawing board. So wow. there are so many reasons for us to make sure that that, uh, that project um, happen, and there's going to be some compromises that need to be made, but but it's very important to our community. Economic development will be key to Oral Valley's future. Yeah, Joe, I've often said on the show that I think there's there's one sentence that defines economic development. More people buying more goods and services from more people. Yes. You create <laughs> that's that's re, that's sales tax revenue, that's I mean property taxes, that's creating that ecosystem, that environment where there are more people buying more goods and services from more people. And but Zach, includes, here's, this yeah. is, sorry to cut you off, but you mentioned property taxes. Do you know that Oro Valley will be turning 50 in three years? Wow. In the 47 years we've existed, we've never had a residential property tax. Wow. We want to avoid that happening. And the way to do that is to bring in more businesses, bring in more customers, uh, take advantage of the construction tax from that. Uh, there's much more that we can do. Joe, your website for people to reach out to you offline. Ersig for OV.com. That's E-R-C-E-G, the word for, F-O-R, O-V.com. Joe, great to talk with you today. Best of luck out there, and I enjoyed our conversation. Let's do it again soon. Me too, Zach. Thanks for inviting me. You got it. Thanks, Joe. Tucson, when we come back from a break, we'll review some things on the City of Tucson agenda and much more. Don't go anywhere here on 1030 The Voice. 
Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson cashoffer.com Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is proud to present Brad Kalhammer, 1159 to Tucson, a solo exhibition of works by Tucson-born, Mason, New York-based Brad Kalhammer, who creates highly personal narratives that are autobiographical reflections on three realms of his life, his indigenous heritage, his middle American upbringing in a white adoptive family, and his work as an artist and musician. To learn more and to get your tickets, go to TucsonMuseumOfArt.org. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Helping you make better money decisions is what the Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning to you. We are live out of the Common Workspace studios. You're listening to Tipping Point. I'm your host, Zach Yenser, daily in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. And we are a regional show. I think our I think our signal goes as far north as Casa Grande and as far south as the border. And we try to act like it uh, on uh, <laughs> on this program. Um, bullishly local, um, are very selective about the state and national issues that we talk about. We are bullishly local, certainly greater Tucson, but we do try to be Southern Arizona regional. Uh, but that's, of course, why we have people like Mayor Tom Murphy from Saborita on the show fairly frequently. And uh, we covered today uh, one person's view of the local council elections uh, up in Oro Valley that are winding winding up later this summer and uh, that was Joe Urseg if you just joined us he's running for Oro Valley Town Council we of course had Joe Winfield on the mayor of Oro Valley in uh, recently and so we do try to to have a, a regional approach to the issues um, and, and so that was a good that was a good conversation you know I was thinking it was interesting my gears always get turning uh, after some of these conversations, uh, my takeaway from that interview with Joe is is that whether we're talking about a big urban uh, older city like Tucson or a newer almost fifty year old community like Oro Valley, I'm starting to get the impression that we are overcomplicating the basics of great places. And I even zoom this out a little bit more 
to I think we get so caught up in the complexity of our federal government, of this American moment, which I think is one of the strangest in the last 40 years. I think every, by the way, I think every five, 10 years, every generation I think has um, its, uh, its interesting moments, its defining moments. I think we look back nostalgically at different moments of America and say, that's when everything was great, but you dig in and every time has had its struggle. There have been generational challenges, right? So, so no, no nostalgia without context, I guess. Um, but we are in a very unique moment with a set of challenges we haven't had like this back to back, I would say, in, in 40 plus years. So I think we sit here even locally and we look at that and, and we feel confused and we feel small and we, what, do we, what do we do and where are we going? And that's certainly at a national level. And then it filters down and we're dealing with issues like, like poverty and housing and, and, and it gets really complicated. And I think, you know, my conversation with Joe, I was thinking during the break, we are overcomplicating the opportunity of simplicity at a local level. What do I mean by that? A thriving community uh, happens when more people are able to buy more goods and services from more people. The, the economic development strategy that is a silver bullet as I can think of, if you want a thriving community, keep cost of living low and grow wages from appropriate upward pressure uh, that comes from more people buying more goods and services from more people. At the end of the day, uh, if you want attainable housing, if you want good jobs, if you want people to stay, if you want more resources to solve more problems, that's it. I I mean, I think that's basically it. And again, whether you are a place like Aura Valley or a place like Tucson that have different challenges and similar challenges, I still think that's the bottom line. And I was talking with Louie yesterday on the show. If you missed our Monday morning news hour with Louie, you can listen back to it on the podcast, kvy.com forward slash podcast, or you can find me on iTunes or Spotify. That we uh, in Tucson, going back to Tucson now as a, as a city, not just a region, but as a city, um, has big city problems on a small town budget. We, 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 we haven't done the work to grow the resources to solve more problems, but the problems have found us. I love the charm of Tucson, right? We're a small town. Like I tell you, we're a small town with big city problems. Rising homelessness has found us. Rising crime has found us. Lack of jobs has found us. Housing costs skyrocketing has found us. We're now, we're now if we want to be a small city with a small budget, we now have big city problems. If you want to tackle those problems... Keep cost of living low, build more housing, grow jobs. Done. And this actually gets to something that I plan to spend time on uh, on on this show uh, today. Um, but again, I think it, it, it comes off of this idea that that let's 
can we for a moment enjoy that uh, our local life here in Tucson can be something that we actually have a level of control over? That amidst all the uncertainty, we can have certainty in saying that our basic job is the scorecard. Affordability, opportunity, quality of life. We can do that. We can create more affordability locally, lower cost of living. We can create better jobs and, and career mobility. And we can focus on the essentials of, 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 of streets and roads and parks and schools. We may have nothing else right now than that listening, than have control over that. We could and we should have control over that locally. In an uncertain world, we can have that certainty. And I think it bums me out that amidst that opportunity, we make life way too complicated and we are way too unfocused at a local level. So before I get to my next point, that's what my conversation with Joe reminded me of. It's actually simple. The solutions are not hard. They're really not. Maybe that gives somebody a little bit of peace today listening. The solutions aren't hard. It requires focus, intention, and vision. That's the hard part. So that leads me to at least touch on it before I go to a break. Um, but this morning I started researching the fact that the city of Tucson today, and, and this comes from their agenda item on the city council agenda today, uh, the city of Tucson council meets on today, Tuesday, that the city needs 200 more lifeguards. And that need is requiring half of the city's 20 pools to be closed. So the city has 20 pools and half of them are going to be completely closed. Now, I think Pima County, for example, has 10 county pools, so half the pools, but they're able to keep all of them open. They're just, the Pima County is just saying, we're just going to have them closed certain days. So five, six days a week, you'll have pools open, all, of, all 10 of them. We're just going to, because of our lifeguard shortages, uh, we're going to close uh, our pools for one or two days. The city has a different challenge where they're going to have to completely keep 10 closed. Now, what's interesting is during the Great Recession, 2008, we had 27 pools, and 17 of those had to be closed in subsequent budgeting cycles. So, to a large degree, we've been here for the last 12, 15 years. I was reading articles from 2010 about this, from 2018 about this, from 2021 about this. We have had an issue keeping our public spaces open for our kids in the city of Tucson for a decade and a half. Now, 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 don't don't get me wrong, right? There's factors like you know when pools were closed for COVID in 2020, it made hiring those lifeguards back harder in 2020, 2021. So, for example, the city was seeing year over year, I think something like 75% of lifeguards returning, right? So, if you had, uh, I'm just making numbers up, 100 lifeguards in 2017, you could count on 75 of those 100 coming back in 2018. I'm just making numbers up. They're now seeing a 45% return rate. Part of it is because COVID threw a log jam into that year after year process. So you don't hire anybody for a year. They're not just going to sit and wait. They're going to go off and find other summer work. Another challenge is right now you can go to In-N-Out and flip a burger for $17 to $19. So kudos to the city of Tucson for raising its lifeguard wage to $15.75 uh, an hour. Um, but that's, that's not keeping up with upward market pressure. 
But my frustration came from the fact, and, and a listener messaged in, and they're right, uh, and, I, and, I, and I thought I mentioned it, if I didn't, I meant to, um, is that this problem precedes COVID. This is not just from COVID. We can't let that be uh, an excuse. Uh, but our kids around the city um, are not going to be able to enjoy the basic local government function of public resources open, uh, open for use. Uh, and we're 200 lifeguards short. And my question continues to be, how did we get there? Right? And let me just do an aside before I tell you um, what I think should be done. Right? The beautiful Mayberry opportunity of local community life, we're missing. I want to tell you that in a second. But I got to tell you, if I hear one more time anybody say about anything, well, we're just facing that everywhere. Right? I read this in some of these lifeguard articles from last year and this year. The country is facing lifeguard challenges. But I live here. Right? I actually, uh, Laura Conover, Pima County attorney, um, was on the show a couple months ago. And I actually appreciated her approach in answering one of my questions. Uh, and the question was, of course, you know, the skyrocketing crime and, and the homicide rate uh, in Pima County in the city of Tucson. And she said, well, just to be, you know, to be fair, this is happening everywhere. She said, but that's not an excuse. Right? I know there's varying opinions of listeners about, about Pima County Attorney Conover. I'm just saying the answer to this was why I appreciated it. Was, but we live here. Right? At some level, we don't care about these other places. We don't care that it's a national trend. We live here. And we expect the solutions here to be solutions to the problem. And so I just thought to myself this morning, the, the, the tragedy of our public space is not being able to be fully operational, not for one year, two years, five years, but going on 10 to 15 years. And I thought to myself, man, if I was, if I was in, you know, this is city of Tucson, one of the seven on the dais, I, I, I would have worked with Parks and Rec to make this a neighborhood association campaign. I'd have sent people to every one of the 140, whatever it is, neighborhood associations in Tucson and said, public service time, civic duty time, come be a lifeguard this summer. Would you do that for our kids? We'll pay you $15.75 an hour. We'll refund you the certification. We need X amount. Let's go do this thing. Let's open up after COVID. Uh, let's let our kids have fun. Stay out of trouble. Let's open our public spaces. We know the challenges. We're not just looking for 15-year-olds. We're looking for parents and teachers. Let's step up and have a community summer where our pools are open. But I say this with all the love for this town. And I love this city so much. We've overcomplicated. I just don't see the interest in the local grassroots neighbor-to-neighbor -neighbor conversation to make sure that our basics of this community, the boxes of those, are checked off. I don't think this stuff is hard. It, uh, it takes focus, intention, and vision. Um, anyway, this is on the City of Tucson's agenda today. We'll see what happens. I, I'll probably have more to share. Um, there's lots on the City agenda today. I may come back to it. We'll talk Pima County agenda tomorrow with Steve Christie, supervisor. Let's go to our break. I want to get to the phone lines. If you're if you called in and you can hang on, I want to take your call um, after a short break. We'll continue this kind of line of conversation. Uh, you're listening to Tipping Point. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. 
on 1030 The Voice. Don't go anywhere. Your source for trusted local news and talk. 1030 The Voice. Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash Offer. Zach Yenser here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. School's out and summer's here. And now's the best time to come out in the evenings and catch Tucson's professional soccer team, FC Tucson, in action. We're back home June 11th for Forever Pride. Fireworks and a salute to the troops on July 3rd. Celebrating Tucson's birthday on August 20th. And don't miss our defending WPSL Desert Conference champions in action. The FC Tucson women have home games June 3rd, June 19th, June 24th, and July 1st. Tickets start at just $10. Get yours now at fctucson.com. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the 70-plus startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges that houses the university's commercialization hub with several other projects coming out of the ground, they are integral in shaping the future of southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. Zach Yenzo here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their bee on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? Hi, this is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona, where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520-621-0906, or visit us at extension.arizona.edu. 
This is Bill Buckmaster, financial consultant Shelley Fishman at noon on 1030 Tucson's Voice for Trusted News Talk. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Zach Yenser here. You're listening to Tipping Point on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice. We started this hour with Joe Ursek. He's running for town council in Oro Valley. Uh, today, Pima County and the city of Tucson both meet. It's a big Tuesday every other week here in the region. Supervisor Steve Christie will be with me tomorrow to talk Pima County. I'm talking city of Tucson today, and there's two items I wanted to mention. One was a discussion on pools and a basic public space for Tucson's kids has struggled for decades with having enough people to keep them all open. This summer, half of Tucson's pools will be open at all. Uh, let's see, we have Tom on the line. Tom, I appreciate you calling. I appreciate you even more for hanging out over the break. You're live on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to point out, Zach, you know, most Tucsonans don't have a lot of straightforward involvement with the city and, and the services, but what bothers me as a taxpayer is if I call the police, no one shows up. You know, they make me fill out a form or four hours later, whatever. And, you know, you feel completely let down, disconnected. And in a way, you know, that's like I say, that's your interaction. It'd be like if you went into a store and they ignored you for 20 minutes. What are you going to do? You're going to walk out, you know. Mm-hmm. So Tucson they really, by not having any police services, even even if you're calling for a cat up in a tree, you know, I, I can guarantee you if you call the police in Oro Valley or Marana, they're there in under five minutes. Guaranteed. Okay, so that's just my point. I feel like I'm paying, you know, thousands mm-hmm. of dollars a year in taxes, property taxes, sales taxes, and what do I get for it? nothing yeah tom i really appreciate your call because um you unknowingly segued to the last thing i was hoping to get to today and it's on the same it's on the same tone and i i i agree i agree with you uh the there's another item on the city council agenda that is looking to uh, provide our planning and development services department uh, with 14 more employees in this next fiscal year. Now, now, why should anyone care? I think, Tom, to your point, a lot of people uh, don't feel like they have the need to care. But I was talking to a business the other day, um, and they are expecting an eight-month delay in working with the city of Tucson. Now, why is that? Why should somebody care? Well, what a lot of people don't know is that the size of our planning and development services, right? We're talking permitting, regulation, zoning, all this stuff that makes the basic gears of government locally work on many levels that people see and don't see is one half to one third the size of El Paso's and Albuquerque's. So Albuquerque and El Paso have planning and development services that have two to three times more the personnel. So do you think that uh, 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 things are slow, that, that customer service is slow? It's not because the people that we have aren't good at their job. I've met so many of them. They're great at their job. There's just not enough of them. So to your point, Tom, right, it's, it's a different topic. This is on the agenda today as well. Um, but it, it relates is what do, you, what do you get as an investor 
right? As a taxpayer, I call them investors, right? Maybe investors want to pay, ta- you know, want to put money in. Taxpayers have to. I get the difference. But you are investing at some level into the city of Tucson by buying a home, by paying taxes, by participating. You expect a level of service that is just not there, right? And to me, that's just numbers and data. Things aren't getting done because there's not enough people where they need to be. And every department right now in the city of Tucson particularly is understaffed. And it's understaffed because there was an inattention to detail from a variety of people over the years that didn't catch that we were in a staffing shortage until it was too late. And now here we are where there is not service delivery. And and can I can I just put out this idea that I think not only would our nation be healed, but we would have much better service locally if we stopped uh, uh, if we stopped localizing national issues and started nationalizing local issues. I say this out of love and passion for this place. We are spending way too much time right now localizing national issues and national conversation. And it is sapping the energy and the attention and the intention to focus first, are we giving Tom the service Tom deserves as a Tucson taxpayer? And I really think if we took uh, a focus on making sure that we got our scorecard right here, that we did the hard work at multiple levels to modernize how we create opportunity, affordability, and quality of life. If we figure that out here, and then we nationalize that, that's where we need to go. And it starts locally. But I think we're so distracted by what's happening somewhere out in DC that we're not paying attention to giving Tom the service he deserves. I really think that's what it's coming down to. So I appreciate Tom your call. I think you're I think you're absolutely right. And I hear this by the way, many people know you know I'm a neighborhood president. I hear this on the west side and the south side. Hey, we're a taxpayer. Why do we have to live with 8 weeks of tent cities? Why do we have to deal with forms instead of people when we call our public safety personnel? What do I get for my taxes? You're not going to read about this in CNN, New York Times, and Fox News, but you better believe you're living with it locally. And if we could solve it here, we can solve it elsewhere. But it's the opposite direction of how we're dealing with issues today. And I got to tell you, let me throw this out there too. We talk a lot in Tucson right now about equity and transportation. And then we close half the pools. Where's the equity in that? Where's the transportation mobility and justice in that? when people who can't drive are now forced to drive because only half the pools are open. And I'm getting to a point as a citizen, I don't want to just talk about equity. I want to do just opportunity-creating equitable things. And sometimes that means just making sure your pools are open. Start there. Tucson, I love you. I really do. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Excited to do this with you every day. We'll be back tomorrow, Wednesday. Steve Christie will be with us, our Faith and Culture contributor, uh, Jeff Loxton will as well. That's all for us today. Hugh Hewitt's up next. Bill Buckmaster at noon. We'll see you tomorrow, Tucson.